0: This podcast was made possible by Thrive AP, a transition to practice solution for PAs, NPs, and the facilities that employ them. Thrive AP's educational curriculums accelerate skill application of advanced practice providers, improving outcomes, retention, and career satisfaction. Thank you to Thrive AP for partnering with our show. Hi, everyone. Welcome to White Coats of the Roundtable, a healthcare podcast focused on non-clinical careers, career development, and burnout prevention. My name's Mike Asbach, and today I am all alone. And today's gonna be a off-script episode, which usually means that we're unedited and just kind of a little bit more relaxed behind the scenes. And today's gonna be the ultimate itineration of that. It's the true behind-the-scenes podcast. And the reason for that, I'll explain in a little bit. So today, I wanted to give you a, a little bit of a maybe insight into the podcasting process. I know a lot of people have continued to write into us and talk to us. And one of the big things they talk about is just what is a day in the life look like for John and I. And not only clinically, but also managing our various side hustles and making sure that we're still prioritizing family and personal life. So today I want to take a little bit of time and talk through that. And one of the reasons that we're going to do so is it is Thursday. So this episode is going to release tomorrow. We have an incredible episode lined up that we did with a guest recently on the importance of advocacy in healthcare. But we're having some technical issues with the files. So we're still trying to hunt down a non-corrupted file and and find something that can provide an audio product that is of good enough quality to release. So hopefully we can salvage that in, in the advocacy episode will be coming in the near future. But beyond that, then we also had some scheduling issues this week that came up because, once again, we're, we're juggling a lot of things between John and myself. So we needed to create an episode that is somewhat last minute. And I thought this is actually a great opportunity to talk about how we manage everything, what does a day in the life look like, and, and how we you know have found meaning and purpose, but also have prevented burnout. Because certainly, John and I are both trying to do a lot of things and also do so not at the expense of our stress levels, our sleep, or our personal lives. So just to give an example today, once again, this is the day before the podcast will release. And I actually just got off a presentation this morning for one of the pharmaceutical companies that I consult for. I gave a presentation to their sales force, so their reps, on the clinician perspective of depression. So that was actually a lot of fun. Um, Not a whole lot of prep work that went into that. It was more of a fireside chat. So I was able to just speak on the unmet need of depression, what clinicians feel and experience when they're treating depression, what patients may look like and what the patient journey is. And then also just field a lot of really great questions from different sales reps regarding the role of clinicians and how they can play a role in in supplement and be educational. Because thankfully, a lot of these companies, um, really their focus at this time is educational. I think we're beyond the days of farmer reps coming in and you know giving you free pens and trying to entice you to write scripts through various implicit or explicit bribery. I think we're really at a role now where they they come in and it's product service. The, the reps at least that call on me are there to ask if I need any help with prior authorizations, if I need any resources in terms of access to educational material or recent research or studies that have been published. So it was a really great opportunity as a clinician to hopefully help advance that educational goal for this pharmaceutical company. So that was my my thing this morning. So already I'm several hours into this day, even though it's only 10 a.m. And now I'm going to try and line up this recording and then get this over to our editor. And then I'm going to hit the road and drive over to Massachusetts. I'm giving another educational talk for a different pharmaceutical company tonight. At uh, in Amherst, Massachusetts, so over at UMass, and then in the brilliance of my uh, poor planning, I'm then going to get back on the road, drive home, because the very next day I have patients in clinic. So I'm hoping to get a hotel halfway home, get into the hotel by midnight, and then get up at 5.30 or 6 a.m. to get on the road so that I can get back here for clinic. So just a little bit of an insight into a somewhat busy and chaotic day, but a great opportunity to maybe talk about how I have found good balance with that. So I know within the podcast, we often talk about the importance of preventing burnout and making sure that you're seeking a role or finding a role within healthcare that gives you meaning and purpose. And very often we talk about non-clinical roles as a path to that. My experience is a little bit unique because I am still a full-time clinician and I don't plan on leaving my clinical role anytime soon. Uh, my life keeps getting busier and busier. So, you know, I, I there's always the struggle to find good balance. And certainly I've had to dial back a little bit in terms of my clinical volume. Uh, but I never want to fully walk away from clinical work because it is something that I really enjoy and I love. And it, it brings me a lot of gratification and, uh, you know, sense that I'm part of something greater when I'm able to help patients in the mental health space. But because of that, I, I found a lot of Fun and interest in little side hustles and hobbies, including the podcast, but I do a lot of consulting for the pharmaceutical companies. Um, I also do a lot of marketing um, consulting, so helping them strategize on how to market to clinicians. You know, what is a message that is compelling? What is a slide deck that will be educational and helpful? Those types of things. And then I also do a fair bit of medical education presentations as well for different CME companies, for different organizations. So, all of that is fun. It's a lot of um, busyness. It's a, a lot of fun to learn new things. And one of the things I love about medical education is it forces me to stay up to date. I need to stay up on all the recent research. I need to make sure that I'm aware of all the things that are in the developmental pipeline. So, it certainly makes me a good clinician or a better clinician as well. But it's also something that is maybe a little bit tough to balance at times because I am still a full time clinician. So, I think just to take through, you know, a day in the life, I recently read or wrote an article for Master Clinicians, which is a great CME website. If you guys are not familiar, I would encourage you to check it out. It's got a lot of really wonderful resources and CME packages. But I wrote a blog post for them that was just a day in the life of a psych PA. And I kind of wanted to expand on that, maybe less clinically focused within this podcast episode, um, because we really are a a, a podcast that discusses non-clinical things but at least talk about what a typical day looks like. So for me, I generally, I feel like I'm blessed in my ability to pursue a lot of these side hustles and different things in addition to my role because my job is really rather flexible. And not everybody has this level of flexibility, but because I work in psychiatry, I'm in an outpatient clinic, so I work banker's hours. I, you know, my my role in clinic, I'm generally here from, 7.30 to 3, seeing patients. So I usually show up, you know, 6.30, 6.45. But I do try and really prioritize getting the heck out of the office as early as possible. I do not like working late nights. So when I was younger, when my kids were younger, I would work four 10-hour days and I wouldn't get home until 6 or 6.30. And when I was growing up, my dad worked a lot. He uh, worked very hard. But one of the things I always remember is as a little kid waiting for my dad to get home, so I could say goodnight to him uh, you know, before I went to bed. It, so one of my pet peeves is I always want to try and make sure I'm home as early as possible. So I thankfully have a job that allows me to start seeing patients at 7 in the morning and then finish seeing patients rather early. And now as my kids are school age, it's really quite nice because most of my kids get off the bus around 3.30, 4 p.m. and I'm home pretty close to that. So that really allows us to prioritize that time from them getting off the bus to dinner time, and now as we're getting to that stage of life where life is busy with sports, usually after dinner is filled with some level of activity. So I really think that that 4 to 6 p.m. time is a a high priority, and I'm very intentional about making sure that that's there. But when I'm at work, I I start early. I then see a lot of patients. I generally, on a normal workday, will see anywhere from eh, 25 to 30 patient encounters. Now, my job is one where I'm seeing a lot of patients and I'm usually moving pretty quickly within my role. I run an interventional psychiatry department. A lot of these patients are coming in for various um, interventional treatments for their mental health. So I may be seeing them just for five to 10 minutes before they receive an injection Um, or before they receive some sort of procedure. So very often, I'm just checking in with them to make sure that everything is still going okay, to make sure that we're not having any side effects or new changes because of the treatment, and then um, giving my verification or green light for the treatment to proceed. So these are are visits that do allow me to move pretty quickly, but um, 30 patients in a day is is certainly, there's not a lot of downtime. We're moving at a pretty good clip. What I try to do within my day is I do try and make sure that I don't have downtime. So I, I want to be very intentional whenever I'm at work of making sure that if I have any spare time, I'm using that towards something productive. And the nice thing with all the consulting work that I do is that a lot of it is asynchronous. I may be you know, working on a slide deck for a CME company or writing some sort of editorial. And all of those are things where if I have 10 to 15 minutes here or there, I can just grab it off of my cloud and continue to put some work into it. And I really try to work hard to make sure that when I'm at the office, I'm not sitting around doing nothing. I I don't, the way that I see it is it's a loss if I have maybe a patient cancel and I have a half an hour free in my day. If I'm just sitting there, you know, scrolling Facebook, that's time that I could be using towards some of this asynchronous work to make sure that when I go home for the day, I can actually be home and enjoy some time that's away from work with the family, with the kids. So this means that usually my lunches are working lunches, and that's something that I enjoy. I I get a half an hour for lunch, sometimes 45 minutes, depending on patient scheduling. And typically, I like to use that time to try and catch up on work. So that may be either writing patient notes or charting, which I'm sure everyone that's listening is no stranger to. Um, You know, so often charting is the bane of our existence, so it's not uncommon for us to have to play catch up on that. But even um, working on an editorial or working on medical writing stuff, uh, working on various research, you know, reading a a meta-analysis or lit review for some upcoming project, I want to make sure that when I'm eating or when I'm taking a break that I'm still trying to work on something productive. Beyond that, I think it's really important for me to make sure that I'm organized. So one of the big aspects of this is that I always make sure I live and die by my Google task list. And that's the way that I've stayed organized. And one of the ways that I've been able to maintain a good balance, even with many side hustles and projects, is having that task list. So that if I have 15 or 20 minutes that's free because a patient canceled, or maybe there's a patient that I had in a half hour slot that ended up only being a five or 10 minute visit because things were going well, I can go to my task list and then either look for opportunities for low-hanging fruit, maybe there's a task that I need to do that is, you know, a relatively short and defined task that I can accomplish in that time period, or I can, you know, pull up a, a journal article that I'm working on and maybe write a paragraph for it or maybe find a couple more resources for it. So organization but then prioritizing tasks and goals I found have found to be really helpful. So Within that, one of the organizational things that I try to do is at the beginning of the day, I try and identify what the most important tasks are that need to get completed for the day. If I have something that has a deadline or a due date, I wanna make sure that I'm prioritizing that either first thing in the morning before I start seeing patients so that I can get it knocked out before the day starts or throughout the day if I know that I may have downtime or a little bit of time in between patients to do that. By using this to-do list, Um, Like I said, I use Google Tasks, but there's a lot of different task management lists out there. Asana, monday.com are great as well. But that allows me to make sure that if there's must complete items that I'm able to do those. The other thing that I do is getting up early is my secret weapon. And I know that uh, there's some people on TikTok that I follow and respect, uh, Tim being the one that I really love, but he gets a lot of criticism for all the hustle culture. He gets up at 4 a.m and, um, you know, does three or four hours of work before his family even gets up. I don't do that, but that is my secret weapon. So I don't want to be working at night. The way that I see it is when I leave work at 4 p.m. unless I'm traveling, unless I'm doing a dinner program or a talk, when I'm home, I want to make sure that I am doing everything I can to avoid work. That's family time, that's self-care time, uh, that's not time for me to be on the laptop engrossed in just completely ignoring other tasks or responsibilities from a personal perspective. So what I'll do is if I'm falling behind on some of these um, you know, side hustle things, then I'll get up early. So normally I get up at 6 a.m. I'm usually in the office by 6.30 or 6.45. The beauty of not having hair and being a guy is I can basically roll out of bed and go. But if I need to, I'll get up at 5 a.m., And I really love that. One of my favorite times of the day is if I get up at 5 a.m., whether it be at home, if I'm working on something just on my laptop, or if I'm maybe behind on my clinical work, I may come into the office to catch up. But there's something just so relaxing and magical about, you know, working at 5 to 6 a.m. when no one else in the house is awake with a good fresh hot cup of coffee, when the weather's nice, maybe even sitting outside and working. It's just very peaceful. So for me, it's not stressful to get up an hour early, but rather I find it to actually be quite enjoyable. I don't do it every day because I want to make sure that I'm not burning out. Because if I started getting up at 5 a.m. every day, I would probably start filling those that hour with more tasks. And then in the near future, I'd probably be looking to get up at 4 a.m. to try and get all the tasks done. So I do try and only use my 5 a.m. wake up as the in case of emergency break last to get that work done. But that's the way that I've been able to to play catch up if I'm falling behind on my work without sacrificing personal time or family time. So the other thing I think that can be really helpful is I generally, if I have days where I'm not seeing patients the entire day, like today being a great example. So on Thursdays, I don't schedule patients until the week before. We just do consults on that day. And that allows me to put blocks in for meetings. For phone calls. So a lot of times Thursdays end up being my admin catch-up time. It's my day where I try and prioritize all my speaking. So when pharmaceutical companies, you know, approach me and ask me to do something for them, I generally will tell them that Thursdays are my day for that. Um, Thankfully, I've reached a point in consulting where I don't necessarily have to take whatever they offer me. I can have some flexibility to say, hey, if, if you want me to do this for you, it would have to be on a Thursday. And that's led to an incredible amount of um, you know control over my schedule, which is wonderful. But within that, I think scheduling and time management is really important. So if I have a day that's maybe going to be more admin focused, I'll sit down and look at the pro- the tasks that I have on my Google task list and then try and give some estimate of time to it. So if there's tasks that absolutely have to get done that day because of due dates, then those will obviously be done first. If there's tasks that have more flexible due dates, those will get deprioritized or happen later in the day. But I try and assign a time frame to it. So for example, if I am writing a newsletter for the podcast, I'll dedicate an hour to that. And if I am not able to complete it in an hour, I don't stay on that task. I will work on it for an hour and then move on to the next task to make sure that I'm at least touching all the activities or all of the tasks tasks that I hope to do that day by putting all the tasks that have to get done early in the day. Those are ones that are priorities. They have to get done. I'm not able to move on from them if they're not completed. Then as the day goes on, I have the ability to have a little bit more of that flexibility to say, okay, this isn't due until next Monday. I'm going to work on it for an hour. If I do not get it done, then tomorrow or the day after when I'm forming my task list, it will move up the priority list, but I'm at least still putting some time to it, but not getting completely engrossed and then losing the ability to move other projects forward. So if this is what works for me. So at any given time, I may have five or six different projects that I'm working on and I'll dedicate, you know, half an hour here, an hour there, and just continue to move them forward. And once they get closer to the due date, then I will invest greater time in them or have them be a higher priority as I'm making that daily task list. The other thing that I'm working on, but maybe not as well, is trying to minimize distractions. I think I have probably some subclinical ADD, uh, which is a benefit in the sense that it does allow me to do a lot of different things at once. I I don't really struggle to kind of seamlessly go from clinical work and then having a 15-minute break or downtime to just jumping right into a different task and then going right back to clinical work. And I, I know not everyone can do that. So that's a benefit, but at the same time I often do get distracted. I do struggle with hyperfocus where I may get into a task and then before I know it I spent 2 hours researching the glutamatergic mechanism of depression and not realizing that I've blown my entire time that was dedicated to five tasks instead of just that one. So this kind of goes back to the the importance of time blocking for me where I'll say I will work on this, I will research depression and glutamate for one hour and one hour only because at 2 p.m. I'm switching to a different task. So that's worked really well for me as well, uh, although it's a constant struggle to make sure that I'm minimizing distractions and trying to create a, a workplace that's conducive to productivity. I think beyond that, the, the last thing that I would finish with, because today will just be a little bit shorter as we're talking about the day in the life stuff, is that I'm constantly looking for efficiency. So in my clinical role, one of the ways that that has happened is charting. You know, we know that on average healthcare clinician, about 50% of their time is spent charting. So that's a huge time suck. And it's an area that I'm always trying to improve. We want to make sure that our charting is of high quality. But at the same time, I want to try and find ways that I can improve the efficiency and speed that I chart. Because I know that if I can even improve my charting by 10%, in terms of time spent on it, that's going to be a significant part of my day given back to me. So I use um, Dragon, so I have the audio dictation, which is really helpful. I also use a lot of different dot phrases, which if you're not familiar with what those are, you can make these preset phrases that then you can use shortcuts to plug into your note. So I'm able to chart pretty quickly because I've spent a lot of time, really hours and hours, building out these dot phrases, building out the ability to chart in a very quick and efficient manner. So as a result, that's really freed up a lot of time for me, where if I see a patient that is stable, and you know, I'm in psychiatry, so if I see a patient that maybe is, you know, has depression and anxiety, and the meds they're on are working, and this is just a six-month follow-up, that's something that I can have charted pretty darn fast, which then once again allows me to free up more time to maybe even plug five minutes or 10 minutes in in between patients on other administrative tasks here in my clinical role or even some of these outside side hustles that I I like to work on. So within that, I think one of the recommendations that I would give, because obviously I don't want this to all just be discussing me, uh, a lot of the stuff that works for me may not work for you, but I'm hoping that this episode maybe gives some inspiration if you're looking for ways to become more efficient at your job or if you're looking for ways to try and fit in additional tasks on top of your job. uh, Maybe this can be an inspiration. But I think the, the takeaway, the call to action for today is that if you are in a clinical role, but you're looking to do more or maybe you're burned out, so you're looking to transition or pivot to a non-clinical role or maybe a different atypical career path, that sometimes if we're looking to make the transition to a non-clinical role, we do end up having to take on more. Um, For us, the early listeners that have been with us since the beginning, very early on in the podcast, we interviewed Matt Troop, who's a PA who moved from, I I think, ICU to health tech. And one of the things that he said was helpful in his transition is he identified that he wanted to be in health tech. So he volunteered for every committee that he could at the hospital that had some relevance to health technology. So he was volunteering on the Medinformatics Committee. He was working on different projects and committees within the hospital. And this allowed him to build up his resume, but then also build up his own knowledge and skill set to eventually make that transition to a non-clinical role. It's hard. You know, no one here is going to say, hey, if you want to achieve more, here's the secret sauce. Here's the way to do it without having to work any harder. A lot of times it is hard work. Um, you know, at least on my end, it is something that requires a great deal of intentionality. I work really hard, but I also hope that, you know, I am maintaining a good family balance. I, I like to think that I'm intentional about it and I may fall short sometimes. I may not always have the the work-life balance that I want, but I Think about it a lot. So it's something where I'm always thinking about it and trying to make adjustments to make sure that that balance is appropriate for my goals and my desires. But if you are in a full-time role, if you are looking to maybe do something additionally, maybe that is to to build your resume, or maybe it's even just because you are you've been in a clinical role for 10 or 15 years and you feel pretty comfortable with what you're doing and now you're looking for a new challenge. If you listen to the Betsy Grunch episode, Dr. Grunch said exactly that. She started her TikTok because she felt like she was kind of in a groove from a clinical perspective and was looking for something different and fun. So there's lots of opportunity out there. Don't feel discouraged or feel that you can't take on different projects or different activities uh, because you're in a healthcare role that maybe is full-time and doesn't have a whole lot of flexibility. But the other thing with it, is I think healthcare does have an opportunity to, to have a lot of flexibility. So the hope is if you're looking to maybe eventually transition out of a non-clinical role is that these side hustles will grow to the point that eventually you can dial back. So maybe you start with something that is on top of a full-time job, but if this is generating income, for example, if you're speaking for pharmaceutical companies or doing medical education or maybe taking on an adjunct professor role at a college, presumably that will come with some degree of income that maybe would allow you to then go to your job and say, hey, I'd like to drop from 40 hours a week to 32. Or if you're in a role that maybe your clinical job is requiring you to work 50 or 55 hours a week, then find a job that allows you to dial back and not have so much overtime or so much commitment to the clinic so that you can diversify your time into activities that may be more interesting or fun for you. So once again, I don't know how helpful this is. I, I always like to share my experience and I know a lot of people have been writing in or asking with a lot of interest of just how to balance things and how to make sure that um, you can find a high degree of achievement and have ambition, but also not do so at the sacrifice of family or at the sacrifice of personal endeavors. Uh, if you guys have any questions, if anyone's listening to this and is feeling inspired or maybe feeling frustrated because you're trying to to find these different opportunities or find ways to fit in additional endeavors on top of your clinical role. If you're struggling, reach out. We One of the coolest things of the podcast for John and I so far has been having these conversations. Obviously, as the podcast grows, we're maybe having a little bit more limited time to, to engage every single person that reaches out. But just know that for everyone that's reaching out, we're, we're reading your messages. We love them. We are certainly trying to respond to everyone that we can. And we want to respond in a, a meaningful and thoughtful way that can be helpful for you. But we can certainly have more conversation about this. I, I think maybe down the road, John can do a day in the life and talk about how he manages his time and manages his primary job alongside of his other pursuits as well, because I think there can be a lot of uh, inspiration for people, even if it's not exactly applicable to them. So moving beyond that, uh, we'll do a personal item still, even though it's, I'm all alone. So I don't get to copy off of John's, which is maybe a little bit frustrating because I'm not someone who's overly creative. So I generally just like to steal John's inspiration. But today I am actually driving to Massachusetts to do another pharmaceutical talk. And one of the cool things of my role as a consultant where I do travel you know, across the country quite frequently is I get to experience all kinds of different and new things. So I think in previous episodes, we talked about it, but one of my personal goals is I want to do the high point in all 50 states. So the highest point in each state. And I, since starting this, this uh, project, maybe a year and a half ago, I've done four or five. and, And the reason it's going slow is I'm not necessarily going to make special trips to go do this. But if I'm out there for work, if I'm in proximity, then I certainly will try and knock it out. So today I'm going to Massachusetts and I'm taking about a 40 minute detour to go to Mount Greylock, which is the highest point in Massachusetts. It's a nice, easy one because you can actually drive right to the summit and they've got a cafe right at the top of the mountain. So my plan is to hit it in about mid afternoon, get a nice cup of coffee, maybe listen to a podcast with my AirPods and and sit for 15 or 20 minutes and then get back in the car and drive to my dinner program where I'm going to give my educational talk. But so today's a a fun day for me because I get to knock out yet another state high point. Last week I was in Knoxville, Tennessee, so I drove down and watched the sunrise on, um, oh my goodness, I can't think of the name, but the highest point in Tennessee. Um, Unfortunately, it was a little bit cloudy, but I got up at 4 a.m., drove an hour and a half south to, to get onto the mountain and be able to see it. And it was still cool, even though it was cloudy and the views weren't great. It was fun to to have this little project and have something that I'm working towards in terms of a personal achievement that not a whole lot of people get to do. Because obviously uh, traveling the entire country and getting to see all these spots is, is certainly a privilege and a blessing. So that's a, a fun little personal item from my life. Thank you for all you that listened. I know today was a little bit discombobulated. And like we said, this was very last minute. We've been having all kinds of chaos and technical issues, which we're learning is just part of podcasting. You know, if if you're doing this, there's going to be times where uh, files may be corrupted or guests may forget that they're coming on the show, or John and I may just have plumbing issues or electrical issues, or John may try to cut his thumb off so we'll we'll still have to get an update from him regarding the health of his thumb when he comes back on because i'm sure he'll be happy to share that story with the audience but thank you all for listening and until next week my name's mike Gasback and this is white coats of the round table if you like what you hear consider giving us a follow and subscribing even leave us a review if you don't like what you hear definitely don't review us we'll see you guys next week